Okay, good evening. Special welcome back to Reb Chaim Goldstein. We missed you very much. Nice to have you back with us. Topic this evening is destroying a Amalek, the eternal fight for truth. There's an interesting posik in Mishle. Shlomo Melech writes, Leitz, Taka, Taka, not the Yiddish, but Hebrew. Leitz, Taka, you should hit the scoffer, the Leitz, the one who's mocking, Upesi Yarim. But the Pesi, the fool, the fool has the opportunity to become clever, to become wise. Medrash Tanchuma, explaining this Pasik, starts off by quoting from Shlomo HaMelech elsewhere in Shir Hashirim, Al kol alamos ahavucha, all of the maidens love you. This, says the Medrash Tanchuma, is referring to the umos ha'olam shehein boim umizgairin, non-Jewish people who are motivated to come and be Megayer, to join Klal Yisrael. Umihu, who's the prime example of a Ger Tzedek? Yisro. Yisro, the father-in-law of Moshe. Bishosh Hashem Nisim Nasu Yisrael, when he heard about the miracles that took place to the Jewish people, Bov and Nisgayer, he came and he was Misgayer. Vayishma Yisro. What does it say right before Vayishma Yisro, meaning in the end of Parshas Bishalach? Mapalato shel Amalek. It speaks about the downfall, the destruction of Amalek. Vaacherkach Vayishma Yisro, and then juxtaposed to the Mapala of Amalek is Yisro being inspired and coming to join the Jewish people. Then it says, this is what the Pasuk in Mishle is referring to. Leitz taka upesi yarim. Hit the leitz, leitz ze amolek. That's a reference to amolek. Amolek is classified in the words of Chazal as a leitz, as a scorner, as one who is uh, cynical. And therefore the only remedy is taka. Pesi Yarim, but Pesi the fool has the opportunity to become wise. Ze Yisro, that is referring to Yisro. So Yisro is referred to as a Pesi. It seems like it's based on the fact that we know he was involved with many, many different Avodah And ultimately he had a belief system, he was trying to find the truth. And once he was able to see the emiss of Torah, so then, Bav So maybe he was classified as a Pesi, but there was still hope to become clever, to become wise, to find the truth, because ultimately he was a Mavakesh. He was one who was searching for truth, and therefore he was able to find it. But a Molech is classified as a Leitz. Now it's interesting we find a very puzzling question posed by the Jewish people two times in Chumash. When you read it superficially, it sounds like they're, they're questioning something so basic. They're asking, is a Kaddish Baruch Hu with us or not? Is Hashem here or have we been abandoned? The first time we find this is in Parshas B'Shalach. 
Pasuk says that Ve'yikra Shem HaMakom Masu Meriva Al Riv B'nei Yisrael Ve'al Nasosem Es Hashem It was named Masu Meriva based on Klal Yisrael fighting with Hashem. Lamor, what did they say? What were their fighting words? Hayesh Hashem B'kerbeinu Im Ayin Is Hashem really with us or not? And then the very next Pasuk is Ve'yovo Amalek V'yilachem so Chazal pointed out that's not a coincidence. Because of this temporary lack of emunah and bitachon, having the question, Hayesh Hashem Birkerbeinu Imayin, that's why Vyavu Amalek. There's a clear connection between posing this very, um, very powerful question that seems to reveal a, a, a total lack of, of bitachon and v'yavu amalek. Where else do we have a similar question posed by the Jewish people? So in Parshas v'yelech, this is speaking about the future, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, v'chora api bo b'yomahu v'ezavtem v'histarti panai mehem. In that time, of Hester Panim, I will be hiding my face from you. And you'll go through the suffering, the suffering of Gullis, the suffering of being disconnected from me. And you, Klal Yisrael, will say during that time period, It must be because Hashem is not Bekirbeni, is not within us, within our midst. That's why all these things are happening. Vanochi, but Hashem answers back to the question that will be on our mind. Haster aster pone biyomahu. You might think that I've abandoned you, but the truth is I'm really hiding my face. You can't see me, but I am with you. I am still orchestrating every step of your life. So we have these two places in Chumash where there's this expression. It seems to be a, a tremendous lack of bitachon. Is Hashem with us or not? In Bishalach, that leads to V'yavu Amalek. And then in Parshas Vayelech, we have this intimate connection with the story of Esther. We know that the Gemara in Chulin says, Esther min ha-Torah min Olin. Where do we find Esther alluded to in the Torah? From this very postic, postic. Aster, aster, pane b'yom ha-hu. So what exactly is going on with this question of is Hashem with us or not? What does that have to do with the Molech? What does that have to do with, with Esther? One other point to uh, delve into is a Rashi that's troubled me for years. Rashi in the beginning of Parshas Chukas, this is source number three, he explains the language of Chukas. Zos Chukas Torah. Because the Satan, the Yetzahara, and also the non-Jewish people, they might make fun of the, uh, the mitzvot we're doing that are in the category of chukim. They look strange, they don't make sense, they're irrational. So, Monenes Yisrael, Lomar, Maha Mitzvah Matam Yeshba. What exactly are you doing? What is the rationale behind taking four species and waving them in different directions. Lefikach, therefore, 
The Pasuk says, Zos chukas ha-Torah, gezerahi milifanai. Achok is Hashem's way of saying, this is a decree. This is a gezerah. Ein l'chol rishus l'hahar acharecha. You do not have permission, simply translated, to ask questions, to think about it. So you might have a person who's troubled. They're having a difficult time doing any mitzvah that's a chok, b'shleimus, because their yetzahara is getting the best of them. It feels uncomfortable. My, my non-frum family is looking at me and thinking I'm very strange, or the outside non-Jewish world, they're mocking me. How do I deal with this? How do I feel more comfortable about engaging in the mitzvos that are lamala minaseichel anoshi? Says Rashi, quoting the Gemara in Yuma, "Ein You do not have permission to think about it. So, two questions. Question number one: Is that a good response to the young man who's suffering? I just, I don't feel so comfortable with this. Everyone's making fun of me. How can I do it in a way that I, that I feel some level of, of, of connection with the mitzvah? We don't ask those questions. Doesn't sound like a very good response. The second issue is it doesn't sound like Judaism. We know there are certain questions, right? the Mishnah and Chagiga tells us, there are certain questions we cannot ask. Not because we're insecure, not because we're afraid we might not have the right answer, but for a very simple reason. Anything that's totally outside of our frame of reference, what happened before Bria Olam? The answer to that question is, Go jump in the lake. <laughs> what are you even talking about? You can't think outside of time and space. So there are certain things that are off-limit, not because we're afraid or insecure, but simply based on the fact that we can't speak in those terms. We're limited within time and space. But when it comes to someone sincerely asking, I want to understand this more. I'm feeling uncomfortable with something. My, my amuna is shaky in a particular aspect of, of yadus, something very esotistic, very fundamental. I, I, I can need some, I need some chizik. Will we ever tell that person it's, it's osur to ask the question? So how is this addressing the person who's suffering and that whole response doesn't seem very Jewish? We cherish questions, we embrace questions, we feel that a real good kasha, it's sacred. The question of the wise man is half of the answer. We get closer to truth through asking questions. So, we have a few things on our plate here to delve into. A malik is defined as a leitz. This seems to be the midah of a malik, leitzonus, I want to explore what that midah is and why does that represent a malik? How does this question of Hayesh Hashem Bekerbenu Im Ayin, how does that relate to a malik and to the Purim story? 
And then last, just understanding the Pshad and Rashi, how can you tell someone, Ein lecha rishus lecha What is a late? What's the best definition we have for someone who, who lives a life of late sonus? So we don't use the word scoffer very often, <clears throat> not the word of choice. Let's take a look at the Rabbeinu Yonah. The Rabbeinu Yonah in source number seven gives us a, a definition of lates. This is based on a Pasuk in Mishle that relates a late to Yayin. And we'll also see a connection to Purim. How is a late connected to Yayin? who The one who is an Ishayayin, who's always drinking, he could be classified as a late. Told those Hayayin Lifrok Ol because what happens in a state of, of yayin, I'm intoxicated, I'm not thinking straight, that leads to leitzonos, which the Rabbeinu Yonah defines for us as lifrok ol halev, throwing off the yoke of the heart. The leitzonos who prikas ol, leitzonos is the throwing off of responsibility, the not wanting to be shackled down, to have any sense of accountability. Prikas ol is leitzonus. And that's why nimshach acherayayin, this person will have this, this desire to have more yayin, lifroka ol me'alavavo, because I need to be in that state where I could have a, an experience of prikas ol. So when I drink, it brings me here, and therefore I want to drink more because when I'm sober, there's too much of a responsibility. There's too much of a sense of, uh, of intensity. I want to be porig ol. V'yishlach l'shono l'chol avas nafsho, u'ledivrei schok v'lag v'keles. What is the behavior of someone who's classified as a late? I speak about anything and anybody and I make fun of things, and I make fun of people. Lag vekelis. I'm mevatel. I put people down. I put things down. That's the experience of leitzonus. Elsewhere in Mishle, the Rebbe adds to this definition, and he focuses more on this point of the behavior of the leitz. He says, Ha-leitz al habrios. The person goes around making fun of, putting people down, always being overly judgmental. I'm making fun of them. The way you speak, what you do, how you dress. This mida of leitzonus, Bitul hamora means a total nullification of reverence. I don't have reverence for anybody or anything. That's a prikas ol. I am bound to nobody. I'm my own man. That's the definition of a late according to the Rebbe Yonah.
Now it's interesting, the Mishnah in the beginning of the third parak of Avos famously tells us that Shnaim Shiyoshvin, if you have two people sitting down together and they're having a Suda and they're schmoozing, Ve'ein Beinehen Divrei Torah, and they don't have Divrei Torah amongst them, Hareze Moshev Leitzim. This is considered a gathering of Leitzim, quoting the, the phrase from Tehillim, Moshev Leitzim. Right, who has been in a situation where you're at a Shabbos table and they're about to bench, but before they bench, the Malabah says, just quickly, you know, let's uh, get, get a Devar Torah here. Nu Hanan, can you say Devar Torah? How motivated are you to say Devar Torah at that point, right? <laughs> I remember that vividly as a Bachar. I have no interest to say Devar Torah when you're only using me to be Yotze, not being called Moshev Leitzim. But what is this idea? You're considered Moshev Leitzim, we're a bunch of scorners, we're people who are Porik Ol, because there's no Divrei Torah Beinehen. And that word Beinehen is also intriguing. Ein Beinehen Divrei Torah. I just said that they're Yoshvin, Ve'ein Divrei Torah, Ein Beinehen Divrei Torah. So Chaim Velazhin, in the Ruach Chaim, he says, Ratzel Omar, what's going on in the Mishnah? Ratzel Omar Beinehem Ein Divrei Torah. The focus is that amongst them, between these two people, they're not sharing words of Torah. It could very well be they're each sitting there at the table, they're schmoozing, I have my little Mishnayas open and you have your uh, Shnai Mikra open. There's a lot of learning going on. However, But I have no interest in hearing your Chiddush. I have no desire to hear your insight or to share my thoughts with you because I know that you won't appreciate it because it's coming from me and it's not yours. You're mislotzeit al divrei Torah shel chavero. It doesn't mean you're sitting there making fun of him. But, but there's a part of my personality where ultimately I really don't care what you have to say. And it's nothing personal, it's just that you're not me. And therefore I don't really have an interest I don't have a chashivas, I don't have a, a mora, a reverence. That's how the Ruach Haim understands the Mishnah. And according to the Rabbeinu Yonah's definition of what a leitz is, of what the behavior of leitzonus is, it's beautiful. Leitzonus is a prikas ol. I'm not bound to anything or anybody. And part and parcel of that, part of the package of leitzonus, is I need to be mevatel, I need to put down other things and other people. And therefore, I have no interest in hearing your Torah. That's Leitzonus. <clears throat> what is the opposite of Leitzonus? Somebody told me he was sitting with Rav Hutner, Zecher Tzadik Levracha, and Rav Hutner was asking the question to this group of uh, young men, he asked them, what's the opposite of cynical? Exactly. <laughs> Everyone said, what? They assumed there was some Yiddish word they didn't understand. Cynical. What? Cynical. <laughs> cynical. 
So they didn't get it was actually an English word, but Rav Hutner was saying, the English word cynical, what is the opposite of that? What do you suggest? What's the opposite of leitzonus, of cynical? Curious. Curious? Okay, okay. I don't think that's mamish the, the yesod. I think that might be part of it. Maybe wholesome. Maybe a sincere or genuine bakasha. I'm, I'm looking for truth. But what's the, it, it's hard to find the word that would be the opposite, or even a description that would be the opposite of cynical. Baruch Hashem, we have Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish, this is Gemara and Shabbos and elsewhere, he expands upon the Pasuk in Mishle. By the way, it's clear that out of all the Svarim of Tanakh, Mishle has by far the most times that it references lates, right? I don't know how many there are. I'm sure you can check pretty easily, but there are many, many different sukkim that deal with lates. This Pasuk in Mishle says, Im leleitzim hu yolitz, that at the scorners he scoffs. Ula anovim, but to those who are anovim, who are humble, yitain chein, he, Hashem, shows grace. So says Reish Lakish, im leleitzim hu yolitz, ula anovim yitain chein, what is this talking about? If you're coming to be metame, you're not here because you want to grow, but there's a sense of tumah, you're not looking for aliyah, you're not looking for ruchnius, then poschinlo, Hashem allows you to do it. You have bechira. That's the late. If you're coming to purify, you have a real desire to, to grow closer to Hashem to become more of an ish ruchani, bo letaher, misayim oso, then a Kaddosh Baruch Hu will help you. He'll assist you in that path. But the bo letaher is another way of saying anovim, people with a sense of humility. So it, it sounds like from the Pasuk, and it sounds like from this drosh of Reish Lakish, that the opposite of lates. Leitz is habolatame, you have no interest whatsoever in changing, in, in being receptive to Musr, in hearing someone's tochacha and taking it to heart. I have no interest in that. Rather, the way I deal with life and the way I deal with any feedback is I become defensive and I put you down to make myself feel better. That's bolatame. The opposite of that is a nivus, is a sense of humility that I don't know everything. And I want more. There's a bikush. There's a desire for emes. That's habolataher. So the opposite of leitzonus is habolataher. I want to be pure. I want to come closer to you, Akadosh Baruch Hu. So you put this back, put all these pieces together. A molek is the leitz. Why is a molek the late? Why is that the koach of a molek? When Klal Yisrael were asking the question in Parshas B'Shalach, is Hashem with us or not? V'yovu a molek, and then a molek comes right away. In Parshas V'yelech, 
In the future, Klal Yisrael will say, Hashem is not here. And within that Pasuk, we have this allusion to Esther. In both of those Pesukim, was that a question of sincerity and a bakasha for truth, a real yearning for emis? Or was that more of a statement, even if there may have been a question mark at the end of that statement, it was ultimately a statement. That is the koach of Amalek. That is the leitzonus. The leitzonus of breaking down truth, of being moorer sophic. Everyone speaks about the idea of the gematria of sophic and Amalek, but it all gets back down to leitzonus. I'm not willing to accept anything. I'm not bolataher. I'm just here to break down. The, the, the wording of the Ramchal in the Mesilas Yesharim is that the power of Leitzanus is harisus, is destruction. I'm just here to take you down. So I'll give you an example, right? Down-to-earth example. You're having a conversation with somebody and they're questioning your faith. Okay? So what do you believe? What's your take on this? Well, listen, I don't know. I don't know. But I think what you think is silly. I'm not willing to take a stance myself, but I'm here to, to try to pull apart your belief. That's Leitzanus. Are you searching for truth? Or are you here just to put other people down or other theologies down to make yourself feel better? Leitzanus is just being ma'orer suffic, creating doubt. Not for the purpose of growth, but for the purpose of not needing to grow, not wanting to change. That's Leitzanus. Now when Rashi said that if a person is struggling with a chok, then the response is, You don't have permission to think. Achareha means what? To think after it? If Rashi meant to say you don't have permission to think about it, you wouldn't say achareha. And it's also funny, do you know how many Rishonim and Achronim we have? who suggest and discuss and have volumes and volumes of literature on chukim, on giving different angles to the mitzvot, even though we can't fully understand them, on asking questions and giving answers. How can Rashi say, What's the difference between hear her and machshavah? How do you translate hear her? Thought. How do you translate machshava? Thought. Okay. <clears throat> How many places in Tanakh do we have the Lushan of hear her? Huh? Good guess. So I couldn't think of any. I went on Svaria. And it's a Pasuk in Daniel. It's one place. Okay. What does the Pasuk say over there? The Lushan is, Viharhurin al Mishkovi, that I had thoughts in my head, al Mishkovi when I was laying in bed. 
The Ibn Ezra there says, Hurin is hear her halev. It's the thought that takes place in the heart. The ain reya lo. Ain reya lo means it has no friend. Meaning, there's no other place in Tanakh that it has this lashon. And he was able to say that without Sfaria, right? Ain reya lo. This is the only place we have in all of Tanakh. However, in Torah Shabal Peh, we have many examples of the lashon of hear her. A person goes up to a young lady and says, Hurayat Mikudeshisli, right now you should know I'm a Russia Gomor. But I want you to marry me, Al-Minas, that I'm going to be a tzaddik. What's the halacha? We're concerned that it's a real valid kedushin. I, up until this point, he was a Russia. The Gemara says, Shema hear her tshuva. Maybe he had a thought of tshuva. And the other way is also true, right? The tzaddik says, I want to marry you, Al-Minas, on condition that I'm a Russia. And we said, we're concerned that it's a real condition because Shema, hear her devaravera. Maybe he thought of a devaravera. So we find the, the word hear her, tshuva on one end, avera on the other end. And then we have more mundane examples, right? For example... We know the halacha is that if somebody is not able to say Shema, he's in a makom if he's in a place that it's not appropriate for Shema, what's the Eitzah? You could do hear her believe, you think about the words of Shema in your mind. And there's a discussion, if you think about the words, do we consider that like Dibur, like you're speaking or not? That's an interesting machlokis. But that's another example of the usage of hear her. You're thinking words in your mind. What do all of these uh, usages have in common? What is the common thread? Hear her tshuva, hear her avera, hear her of uh, the, the, the text of Kriyashma. In any of these cases, is hear her referring to probing, asking, questioning, or is it more of a, it's a thought process of something I have in my head. Tshuva, I want to do tshuva. I want to do an avera. I'm saying kriyashma, I'm not saying it verbally, I'm saying it mentally. Hear her we don't find used as, as a machshava in the sense that I'm exploring, that I'm asking, that I'm trying to get clarity. But I have a perception right now. I'm not verbalizing it, but that's my hear-her. If you look at the Malbim, the Malbim, when he quotes over the same Chazal as Rashi, that it sounds like Hashem is saying you don't have permission to think about a chok, the way the Malbim says it in number 22 He says, This is a Pasuk that was written by David HaMelech. I want my lave to be tamim, to be pure within your chukim. That even though I learn and I delve into the mitzvos that I could relate to, that I have a reason, Adayin yesh hirhur al hachukim. 
but I still might have a hear her believe al hachukim, a thought in my mind or in my heart regarding the chukim. Does that mean that he's questioning, that he wants to know more about it? Or is that more of a statement of my perception? Hear her believe means I might be looking at these things in a negative way. I might be asking a question, not a sincere bakosha, but more of a statement. It might not be a genuine question. It might be leitzonos. That's hear her. When Rashi says, Ein He does not mean that you don't have permission to ask questions and try to gain more insight and read the more Nevuchim that speaks about this subject and take a look at the Ramban and the Svornu and the Orachayim and be mefalpel and, and, and delve into those words of the Rishonim and Achronim. Rashi would never say, the Gemara would never say, Ein of course you have permission. You're encouraged to ask questions. You're encouraged to, to have a deeper Havana of what you're doing. Don't stay superficial. Don't stay external. However, if you're struggling because people are making fun of you or because internally I'm having this, this inner turmoil, you have no reshus laharher achareha. Don't allow that to result in you viewing the chok in a negative way. Don't allow that to become a perception of leitzonos. A hear her believe, where I'm viewing it as this is silly. This has no real reason. There's no tam here. It's not worth my investment of time. That you have no permission. Don't allow yourself to go there. That would be the mid of a molek. That's leitzonos. If you have questions, ask the questions like a mensch and explore it well. So late is a Amalek. This is the koach of Amalek. Amalek is the, is the force within all of us that we struggle with to be mevatel, sometimes putting down yesodos of Amuna, sometimes putting down other people that we really should respect, that we do respect, that we do love. But I have my own insecurity, so I have to put you down. That's Leitzonus. The opposite of Leitzonus is Habolitaher, is, is a real Hargosha of Anova. I know that there's so much I don't know, and I do have many questions, and I want to get answers to those questions, and I know some questions I won't have good answers for, but there's a real sincere desire. I want to gain knowledge because Habolitaher, because I want to come closer to you, Hashem. That's the opposite midah of a molek. That's how we fight leitzonos, as we try to, we try to accentuate the boletaher. Ein means we do not have permission to allow ourselves to, to get swept away in the cynical society in which we live. And sometimes even within the from world, there's so much bittel, there's so much cynicism, there's so much negativity. You don't have permission to view life and truth like that. You have permission and you're to ask questions, but don't view it in a negative, bitter sense. This happens to be one of the very special opportunities we have in Purim. Purim is a day of tefillah. It's a day of tzaka, cry out to Hashem, and there's a halacha on Purim. Kol ha-poshet yad nosnim lo. 
Anyone who extends their hand, even though usually we have to be very responsible about how we give tzedakah and miser, and we have to make sure it's for the right cause and the right reason. On Purim, though, the halach is kol ha-poshet yad nosnim lo. No background, no badika involved. If you're asking for money, I'm going to give it to you. And the Svarim explain, Rav Shimshon Pincus quotes from a few different places, that this idea, the halacha of haposhet yad, nosnimlo, is not only in regards to us giving to others, but it's a reality, it's a metzius of the day. The day of Purim is kol haposhet yad, when we extend our hands to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, in tefillah, in bakasha, in, 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 in sa'aka, we cry out to Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, just like I'm asking from you to give without looking into anything, I'm going to conduct myself in the same way. All you need to do is be poshet yad. What are we being poshet yad for? We're davening for so many things. We're davening for Acheinu Beis Yisrael who are in Sekhanus Nefashos right now. We're davening for the present and the future of all of Klal Yisrael. We're davening for Abol Letaher. This is the, the opposite extreme of the late sonos of Amalek, of the late sonos of the world, of the cynicism, of the negativity, of the bittel that we're all exposed to. We need more of that, that ruach tahara. If we're poshet yad, daven for Hashem to help us, then we have a haftacha, messiah, so that a Kaddish Baruch Hu will assist us in becoming closer to Him. Wishing everyone a meaningful and a freilich in Purim.